couple of months ago, I did an episode about doing your deep work and being intentional about the time and focus needed to get that work done and to do it with the kind of depth we all hope will be reflected in our legacy. And then I got a couple of emails that reminded me that not everyone knows what this deep work is. In fact, some of the emails I got were laced with something like despair, and it occurred to me I'd never considered the flip side of this coin, the darker and harder side. What do you do when you haven't got direction, when you're nodding your head to all this stuff, but inside your guts are all twisted because everyone else seems to know what their next steps are, and you just feel like everything's a bit foggy and you're scared to take a step at all? Because when you don't know where you're going, that step might take you further from the legacy you keep hoping you will have or the deeper work we keep talking about. At the time, I wasn't sure how to respond to this. In fact, I'm still not really sure. How we deal with uncertainty is different for all of us. But I do have some ideas, having given this some thought. Most of them are a little foggy around the edges, because right now, I'm in the soup with you. Right now, in my own life, I can barely see a hand in front of my own face. It feels scary to even admit it. In fact, there's a good chance I won't even publish this episode, but if I do, I'm going to leave these bits in because that might be the most honest and helpful thing I can do. We all flounder at some point. We all plateau. We all hit these liminal places that aren't really where we used to be and aren't really where we're going. Like some dodgy bus stop from which we're eager to escape, but with no idea which bus to take or when it might come. Hell, some of us aren't even sure the bus is ever coming. Many years ago now, I made a transition from professional comedy to humanitarian photography, and many of you know that part of my story. I had had a flash of realization on a plane heading to a gig in Texas, this realization that I didn't want to do this, the comedy, anymore. Incredibly, only months later, I was invited to Haiti, and I brought my cameras with me, and within an hour of being there, everything seemed crystal clear. I would leave comedy and become a humanitarian photographer. I didn't know how. I didn't even know if this humanitarian photography thing was a thing. I just knew that after years of learning to use my cameras, I finally knew what I wanted to do with those tools. It was crystal clear, or so the story goes. The narrative that I've been telling myself feels, in hindsight, full of clarity and perfect moments when I would hit my mark on a map laid out by angels. But at the time, it was foggy and confusing. Only in the rearview mirror, because it did all work out, does it look like a straight line. But I had no idea where it was leading at the time, not really. What I did have was the feeling of direction. And if things were a little foggy, that one point of light, the direction, is incredibly helpful. At least it was something I could stumble toward. At least I had direction. But when we haven't even got that, how do we dare take even one step forward? In fact, How would we even know what forward looks like? I'm David Dusheman. This is episode 25 of A Beautiful Anarchy, Navigating Fog. Let's talk about it. Increasingly, the artists that I speak to, and look, my definition of artist is really broad and probably at this point could just be subbed out for the word human most of the time. But these artists are telling me that points of complete directionless are more and more common for them. But is this new? I wonder if, as a generation, things are really different for us in this sense, or if it's always been this way. 
I wonder if the big difference is that in the past, in lives that were not under the daily scrutiny of the lens that we create with social media and the obligation to perform and be the person our branding promises that we are, I wonder, was it easier? I don't mean previous generations experienced less floundering, just that they floundered without everyone watching. They would head out into the fog, just like us, and they would thrash around a bit, trying new things, seeking new direction by doing and risking, and then quietly coming back to center before heading off in another direction to see if that works. And frustrating as that can be, it's probably much easier when no one is looking. I think part of what makes the feeling of directionlessness so hard is the pressure we feel to have that direction in the first place, to have it all together. Everyone else looks like they've got it dialed in, and that just makes us feel like there's something wrong with us. Today, everyone is looking. That's my most immediate thought when it comes to feeling directionless. And while ultimately, I still think it's probably good that there are people out there willing to show the floundering and the false starts in their social media lives, it probably takes an unusually confident person to be that vulnerable and still meaningfully try new directions. I wonder if part of our feeling of directionlessness can come because the safe places in which we used to hammer out that direction, when we used to figure things out, when no one was looking and the risks were easier to take and recover from, those places have largely been taken away from us. Or rather, we've chosen to give them away, throwing the doors wide open to every eyeball that cares to look in on the part of the process that might be better kept in private. Looking for meaningful direction when none is forthcoming is difficult on a soul-deep level. This is a question about meaning, and because so many people no longer believe in the notion of a divine calling to give them meaning, we're left to discover it for ourselves. Even those that do believe their calling will come from God usually find God conspicuously silent on these things and wind up with the rest of us having to discover our direction ourselves and being forced to make a choice between too many possible options. This is not the stuff of casual conversations, and it's not going to be solved in a podcast, much less in the remaining few short minutes that I've got with you now. But I do think there are some meaningful clues in the fog, small points of light we can walk toward as we look for direction and hints of what our deeper work might be. So where do we find these points of light? I've got three questions I want you to consider. The first of these questions has been so overused it makes my eyes roll, so let me steal my own thunder here and tell you where I'm going with this. We're not only looking to answer this one question. We're looking for a common place where the answers to all three of these questions meet. But forget that for now and answer this question as though it's the only one. What do you love? What makes you come alive and breathe more deeply? What's truly deep down important and enjoyable to you? Forget the practicalities for a minute. Forget what others would think. This isn't their life. In what things do you find your joy? This is a question of passion and it's your fuel, but it needs direction. And that's what the other questions are for. The second question is a bigger one. What does the world need? Not what does the world think it needs. That's way too big. What do you think the world needs? Is it environmental conservation? Is it a cure for cancer? Is it laughter? Is it gender equality or homes for the homeless? Of course, most of us would just nod our heads to all of these, but which one really fires you up? 
Which one pulls at the tears or makes you angry? For which of these would you give your money or volunteer your time? Perhaps it's something other. Perhaps you think the world needs solutions to different problems. God knows there are plenty from which to choose. This is a question of mission, and it can be a real clue to our possible direction. The next question is more personal, and it demands a certain humility to answer. What are you good at? Forget the false modesty for a minute. I didn't ask, what do you do better than anyone anywhere? This isn't a comparison. What are you good at? In fact, even better, what combination of things are you good at? Ultimately, you need to get to a point where you know what kind of value you bring to the world. But framed like that, most of us would never come up with an answer, paralyzed by the fear that we don't bring value to the world, that the world is too big and we're too small. But your world, your neighborhood, your circle of friends, your family, in that world, what do you bring to the table? Are you the problem solver, the fixer, the coach, the cheerleader, the one who dries the tears, or the one who makes things beautiful, the host, the hostess? Figure out what role you play for others and how you make their lives better, and you'll have another clue about possible directions or next steps. You can almost never go wrong walking in a direction where you bring value and make your world, however small, a better place. What do you love? What does the world need? And what are you good at? The intersection of these three things, and some people would add a fourth, what can you get paid for? In this intersection is what the Japanese call your ikigai. Your reason for getting out of bed in the morning and getting to work. For me, this idea of Ikigai is a recalibration tool, and it's a helpful paradigm that keeps me moving in the right direction, especially when things are getting a little foggy. What it does not do is clear the fog entirely. The fog is not a function of my own thinking, not always. It's a function of life. Life is foggy and uncertain. It's been helpful to me to remember that not having the remotest idea what is coming next for me or not being able to see the future is not the same thing as having no direction. You can walk for miles in the fog, and while you might not see what's coming, you can know you're walking towards something specific. At the top of this episode, I said I was in the fog with you, and I am. But that is not the same as being stalled and directionless. I haven't got the foggiest idea what's coming next, not a clue. But I do know I'm on the right path. I'm okay with the mystery as long as I know I'm still on the road. I used a bus station metaphor at the beginning because some of us feel like we're waiting there, but it's not a good metaphor because there is no bus. You're it. It's one step in front of the other in this life, and none of us, even the most confident, actually knows what's coming next. None of us knows if the deep work with which we're occupied is going to bear fruit or succeed. That novel might flop this time, the album might not come together the way we expected, or the product that you're working on now that's consuming all your time and focus might in the end just be a faltering step towards something bigger and better. You never know. They are all just momentary landmarks on a journey that will be really clear in hindsight. But it rarely is as we move forward into the unknown. So for those of you feeling like you're navigating in the fog, you are not alone. Creative people live and work in a context of uncertainty. We will always be in the fog, and though some days will seem clearer than others, it's always going to be a bit of a gamble. But if you're navigating by the vectors provided by this idea of ikigai, the intersection of what you love, what you're good at, and what people need, 
you'll be walking in the direction of joy and value and contribution, and almost any step you take in that direction will lead somewhere interesting. You'll find work to go all in on and projects that quicken your heart and challenge your thinking. And if you've got options and are feeling paralyzed, look, just pick one. As long as you're moving in the right direction, it probably doesn't matter. It's more important that you keep moving, that you not spin your wheels. A tentative step in the right direction, even if it takes you the scenic route, is better than none at all. Moving forward is everything. That's where we find the groove. Whatever you do, don't wait for the fog to clear. Don't wait for the bus to come. There is no bus, and the fog almost never clears. The creative life is one of making courageous steps into the unknown. It always has been. And as long as you're following your curiosity, your talent, and your values, you will find your way. Embrace the mystery. That's where we experience the joy of discovery and find things that are bigger than we ever imagined. Thank you so much for being a part of this with me. I am so humbled by the letters and the reviews that I keep getting. I wish there was a way on iTunes and on Spotify to respond to these. So just know that I'm incredibly grateful. I'd love to hear from you, and you can do that by dropping me a note at talkback at abeautifulanarchy.com. I release new episodes of A Beautiful Anarchy three out of every four weeks, but if you still want your creative fix on those fourth weeks, I'd love to send you the latest issue of On The Make, which is my monthly chance to encourage you in your everyday creativity by email. Just go to abeautifulanarchy.com, scroll to the bottom of the page, and tell me where to send it. At the same time, I'll also send you a copy of my ebook. Escape Your Creative Rut, Five Ways to Get Your Groove Back. And hey, while I've still got you, would you do me a favor? If these podcasts are something you think others should hear about, if they're making a difference for you, would you mind sharing them? I'd be grateful for anyone you send my way through social media or word of mouth, and you can send them to abeautifulanarchy.com, and they'll find their way from there. Thanks again. Until next time, go make something beautiful. Beautiful.